Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, pride, and control. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the CR Checkup Podcast. I'm so excited to have each and every single one of you here with us today. Hopefully I got a chance to see you either on Monday night at our Goodyear campus or on Wednesday night at our Buckeye campus. But regardless of whether you come to our meeting or you don't, you live in a different state or a different country, or you simply just missed, hey, we love you so much. We're excited that you're joining in on the conversation. We hope that you can be involved. And I'm excited to have uh, our, our guest here tonight. She not only shared at our Wednesday meeting a couple of, about a couple of months ago, or about a month ago now, and uh, she shared again this week with us at our Goodyear campus. And so I'm excited to, to have her on here. I'm excited to chat. I'm excited to get her, to know her a little bit better. So without further ado, would you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Terry, a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with control, codependency, eating disorders fear, but I celebrate victories over codependency also. Amen. You've got to have those celebrations in there too, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for making the time to be on the podcast. Oh, no worries. That's I'm great. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk to you about a couple of things, some things that you had mentioned in your testimony, but I would just love if you can just share with us a little bit for the people who didn't get to catch you at one of our meetings, um, didn't, uh, have never heard your story. I would just love if you just share them with them a little bit about kind of what got you into Celebrate Recovery, where you're at now, and, and that kind of thing. So would you mind just sharing with our listeners there? Um, absolutely. So I was adopted at birth. So I've always kind of struggled with uh, feeling unwanted, unloved, unworthy. Yeah. Um, and just always needing to make people happy. Mm. My first marriage ended dreadful. <laughs> mm. My second one, you know, he told me he was an alcoholic, but I knew I could fix him. So. <laughs> Same old story, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, someone told me about Celebrate Recovery, and I was like, oh, that's great for him. You know, I'll get him to go. And, you know, I don't need this. He needs of this. Of course. He just won't let me fix him. And that was uh, that was in 2011, and here we are. <laughs> wow. That was the first time you heard about Celebrate Recovery. Did, did So you tried to get him to go. Did he go? Yes, he went before me. <laughs> wow. Okay, so then how did that happen? Did he end up dragging you along? Was this later on? How did that work out? Yes. After about the third meeting, he dragged me along. Wow. And what did that sound like? Because obviously somebody tells you about CR, you go home, you say, hey, heard about this meeting. It's perfect for you. You probably were like, it's definitely not for me. I don't need it. Maybe something like that. Yeah, I was like, I don't have any problems. <laughs> <laughs> so what did that sound like as he's then coming back and saying what? Well, it was funny. So I used to go to AA meetings with him a lot when he would oh, okay. try to get sober. He'd go to AA and I loved the speaker meetings. I was like, yeah, I think I'm a alcoholic. I just don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, I related to these people like so well, it was scary. Wow. So I kind of had an idea what it was like, but he's like, no, it's much better. You know, they have dinner, they sing, and they're happy. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> That's so cool. And had you been involved in church before that, or was this kind of your, your first experiences with church? Um, I grew up Catholic. Okay. So I often tell people I'm recovering Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going? It's going better now that I switched churches. <laughs> there you go. Very good. Um, you know, it's just, uh, they have different ideas on things. Sure. And, um, 
not so much a forgiving God. So when I, I started it, we started attending the first church that we started going to CR at, and it was like a whole different viewpoint of God. Wow. So you started to first go to Celebrate Recovery, and then you started attending that church? Correct. That's awesome. That's so cool. Okay, so what was that experience for you as you started getting into Celebrate Recovery and you started identifying your struggles? What what was that like for you? Because I guess you had already had some AA knowledge, but now you're looking at it very specifically and addressing some things in your life. What was that like for you? You know, about maybe about my fifth meeting, I was like, oh, you know what? I think I have some problems. <laughs> <laughs> that's not too bad. That's about five. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. About the fifth one. I was like, yeah, this isn't good. I think I might have some problems. You know, I'm supposed to fix him. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the journey like for you then as you began to figure this out, see, okay, I've got some struggles. How did you go about getting involved in, in addressing them and, and doing step studies or, or pro, like person-person sponsor? What'd that look like for you? You know, when I make up my mind to do something, I'm 120% in. Nice. So once I figured out I had issues, I got a sponsor and they started step study about a month later. So I wow. completed, you know, the first attempt at a step study. And midway through that, you know, there was an, a disagreement with my birth mother and mm. I haven't spoken to her since and that was in 2014 ish mm. and we're just better apart you know and I realized it's just a healthy boundary that I need for me and, yeah um so it was it was kind of sad only because it was letting go of familiarity mm. good or bad it was familiar sure um so it was like I kind of had to forge this whole new path for for me like who's Terry <laughs> I would love to almost kind of get into that a little bit because I've certainly had to have similar experiences setting boundaries with family members and, and that kind of stuff. And a lot of people that I've talked to have had similar experiences too. What, how did you go about setting the boundaries that you had with your sponsor? What, what did that look like for you? Was it kind of laid out? It, you just knew what you had to do or what was that process like? It was tough. Yeah. You know, I'd call my sponsor and she's like, you know, telling me to set these boundaries. I was like, but they're family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just difficult because growing up, it was just my brother and me. He was, you know, he, he wasn't home a lot. So, and my parents were older. They died when I was young. So I've always kind of been by myself. Yeah. So when I do have family, I try to hold on to them. Yeah. And, you know, good or bad. And I had to realize that, you know, it's not, you can't always hold on to the, the ones that aren't healthy for you. Yeah. And I just kind of had to replace it with a forever family and, mm. you know, who I choose to have as my family. Yeah, that's that's really good because we, understanding you still have to have relationships. Can't just kind of cut people out of your life and set those boundaries and then just have to do it by yourself, right? You, right. Have, to have, you have to have <laughs> those relationships. So that's really good. So what was it like getting into the step study? Um, so after you you did your first attempt, you then went through and did another step study, or or you did a one on one sponsorship. I had a sponsor the whole time I was in step study, and she was actually the step study leader. Okay. Um, so you know, the, my first step study, I completed it, and it it was just like wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was kind of cool. I've done like six step studies. Wow. No, and I always find stuff. It's like, oh, how did I miss that? <laughs> yeah. That's so cool because I, for the people who are listening who might think, 
maybe they haven't even taken a step study yet. They're hearing about it. They're hearing about going through their toilet. And like, I don't know if I ever want to do that. And I'm sure, I mean, I felt that way. And I'm sure you probably felt that way before. What changes that you kind of, you're reluctant to work on some things. And then now here we are going through six times. <laughs> what happens that kind of changes and makes you feel like this is something that not only I feel like I need to do, but that I want to do. It's just so freeing, mm. um, you know, and it was baby steps. The first one I worked on, obviously, my birth mother um, and my hus- second husband and my first husband. Yeah. Um, but that was just the tip of the iceberg. You know, it was like each one I kind of worked on them even more because there was still some underlying hurts there that I hadn't let go of yet. So right. it took a few times to to let go of those hurts and to be able to forgive um, and I even had to ask my sponsor, how do I know if I've forgiven someone? Or mm, not? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, cause I just didn't know, but I just wasn't angry and resentful at them anymore. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, is that how you kind of gauge it then with the, it kind of subsides and you feel less resentful, less, less angry. Is that kind of the way you gauge it? That's how I, I had to gauge it. Yeah. You know, it was, they weren't constantly in my head, you know, there wasn't yeah. all those negative thoughts. Like, you know, like, I don't know, I could trip over my shoe and just be mad at them. I was like, ah, <laughs> hate them. <laughs> that is so real though. That's like how it is, right? You're holding on to those things. Everything is that fault, like the fault of whatever I'm holding oh, on yeah. to. Car would break down. I was like, ah, hate him. <laughs> you know, That's meanwhile, so it was Terry's fault because Terry didn't, you know, add oil or you know whatever yeah. she was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's so encouraging, though, to hear you say that, that worked through the, the 12 steps, did a step study for these things, completed the step study addressed it and, and kind of assessed the situation said, I, I, I'm still struggling with these things. So instead of doing what a lot of people do and just say, well, this stuff's hokey, it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm out of here. You said, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again until it, I'm guessing that's because you felt a little bit of relief. Maybe it's not gone, but I did feel some relief. And, and, you know, that was like for me too. I hadn't had that from anywhere else. You know, maybe it, it, it didn't solve all my problems immediately, but it was changing, right? It was giving me a solution that I couldn't find anywhere else. Yeah, and it's funny because so, you know, I completed my first step study. And I was like, yeah, I'm fixed. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Again, here we are. Yeah. Um, and then my sponsor signed up to do a second step study. And she's like, oh, come with me, come with me, because it was a different church. And I was like, oh. yeah, I don't need that. Well, oh, I guess. <laughs> And, you know, it was a, a typical typical step study. It started out with, like, 20 of us, and it yeah. ended with three of us. Right, yeah. Um, and, you know, some of, the, some of the guidelines weren't, you know, like, some of the people would share, like, eight minutes, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> they're not following rules. <laughs> like, every week it was a struggle. I was just like, yeah. I'm not going back. And yeah. then I, I'd go back. So I was trying to just take God's lead and do what he wanted yeah. me to do and— the same thing how I got into the next step study. It was kind of like, you know, do this with me. And I was just like, ah, but I don't need it. And usually if I say I don't need it, that's when I need it. That's how you know. <laughs> that's exactly it. So, you know, six step studies later. Yeah. And I keep missing journey continues like by one week by the cutoff. I'm like, yeah. 
okay, God wants me back in that first one for some reason. <laughs> so six in, you're fixed now. You're completely done, right? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> That's I, not how it works, right? I we, like to think so, but I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's wishful thinking, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> so one of the things that I wanted to bring up that I think is really cool is you serve as the mental health champion at your church, correctly, at your Celebrate Recovery. Correct. So can you explain to us a little bit, what is that? Um, first of all, what is that? And what do you do? And what does that mean for the group? And, and can you just explain and share just a little bit about that and why you do it? Um, as we all know, 2020 was, was terrible on people and, you know, yeah. mental health illness just exploded in yeah. 2020, you know, not only as a pandemic, I mean, a lot of this mental illness may have already existed, but now we're isolated, right? I mean, we don't have CR, we don't have secular groups, you know, we have no connection and suicide rates went through the roof, um, and CR finally said, you know, we need this, you know, we, we need this for the churches. And we're just, I guess, kind of like a liaison mm. um, with resources, more mental health resources. Um, so if someone, a newcomer comes in and they have, you know, they're struggling with mental health and they're kind of lost, they just kind of direct them to the, the champ. North Phoenix has two of them. We have a male and a female, so they direct mm. them to us and we can kind of um, you know, see if they need resources. And then we kind of help put in like a, a protocol of what to do if someone becomes, you know, voices that they're suicidal or homicidal. We get with the MLs and set up that protocol of what to do. And, yeah. you know, the liaison kind of between that per specific person and the ministry leaders and the church itself, because wow. each church probably has its own protocol. So sure. we just make sure that that's implemented. Yeah. Wow, thank you so much for doing that. That's obviously a, a great need right now. And to step into that, it's I know it's not easy. It's it's you know, we're we're struggling with a lot of different things and and being willing to step into that and you know, being that person that, hey, if you're struggling, let me introduce you to this person. That's not an easy thing to do, right? Like, right. <laughs> that's that's a that's a burden that I'm sure you take on happily, but it, it is nonetheless it's a it's a difficult thing to do. Right. And, and I've I've had my own struggles with, you know, suicidal ideation and mm -hmm. one attempt. Um and then, as I said in twenty twenty, I had two nephews just days apart, they committed suicide. Yeah. Um and they were young. One was maybe 18, mm. the other one was early 20s. Oh, I'm um, so sorry. And it was just, it was just tough. You know, I'd never met them. They were in Michigan, but, you know, my, I just felt so awful for my nieces because yeah. two nieces had to bury a son in one week. And it was just like, you know, we need to do something. Like, we need right. more, more resources or more something. Yeah. So, do you have kind of like a, a favorite kind of resource or where you you direct people very often that you'd like to maybe share uh, with people on, on, on this podcast who are maybe struggling? Is there, I'm sure they're probably state specific. So if somebody's struggling in Arizona, is there like a big thing that you would say, this is one of those things you really got to go and check out? NAMI, it's N-A-M-I dot org, mm. I believe, yeah. um, is nationwide. Yeah. So that's usually our go-to. So good. Um, they have so many good resources yes, there. Yes, they have tons and tons of resources. And what I love about them, too, is they have such a broad scope of understanding. I read articles on there, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, man. Yes. I, I Like, a lot of times there's things I'm like, man, I didn't even know 
uh, one of the things I heard a long time ago is I didn't know that was a problem because I didn't know it was something I could have a solution for. Right. And that's what I find with them. A lot of times it, they bring these resources in for things in my life. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know, you know, I was struggling with that until I saw that there was a way for me, like, this is, this doesn't have to be that way, you know? Or you don't know that other people struggle with it. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's typically huge. with, with mental illness, we tend to be introverts and, <laughs> yeah. you know, we don't have problems so we're not going to talk about our problems. Right. So we don't know that all these other people struggle with that same problem. And if there yeah. is help out there. Right. Yeah, that can be just so comforting just to know that that's like half the battle is understanding that we're not alone. Right. And then I also, um, CR has a, another group, it's Native Nations, and it's directed towards the Native American community. And they have, so I, you know, they have a lot of resources too Yeah, with that and um, Native Connections. And, you know, there's a few resources on the list for them because they kind of have their own issues on top of normal issues yeah um so we try to you know i i try to keep resources kind of specific to certain issues sure and nami i think you can filter down on your issues yeah. or you know what you're looking for you can filter it down and get specific help for issues yeah that's so good yeah so nami n-a-m-i dot o-r-g correct struggling with mental health or pretty much anything i mean you they have so many resources on, on there would definitely recommend them so thank you so much for sharing that. One of the things uh, that we like to do on here is discuss a little bit about what we're talking about in our group this month. And right now we're on step eight, which is, of course, we made a list of, the per of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. And so I just love to kind of pick your brain a little bit. What was your experience like with that? Uh, maybe some advice, some advice that maybe your sponsor gave you, anything about step eight that you might want to share? That one was tough because um... <laughs> I don't like being wrong. Yeah. Um, Who does? Right? <laughs> and admitting it's even worse. But I had to to kind of analyze the step and, and be, became willing to make amends. Right. So you're That's not huge. directly making amends at that step. You know, yeah. God's kind of tiptoeing us to making <laughs> amends. Because <laughs> you got to be willing before you can actually do it. So yeah. that was, you know, once I kind of reread it, 23 times and <laughs> it became a little bit easier and okay so you said one of the ways that you became willing is by rewriting your list is that what you're saying or you just did it multiple times multiple times you know and as a as an overachieving codependent I when, I, when I did my fourth step it works out great for others um <laughs> when I did my fourth step as that codependent you know everything was my fault Oh, so yeah. my part was easy because oh, it was yeah. all my part. You know, it was like they didn't do anything wrong. It was wow. all me. Yeah. So I kind of had to, you know, I, my sponsor had her work cut out for her <laughs> with me. She, she uh, earned. God bless sponsors. Oh, yeah. She earned an extra set of wings with me. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, so just having a, to do it correctly and the, with the steps, you know, and on the fourth step we have that chart for a reason to keep it balanced. And yeah. once I was able to balance it, um, being willing to make the amends became a lot easier. Yeah. Because it wasn't all my fault and it wasn't all the... I, I try not to use that word, like all or always. Every, yeah. Always and never, because those, those are just incorrect. They don't really <laughs> exist. Yeah. 
So I'll catch myself. You always blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one of the rules in, in our household is if we're arguing about something and we start using those words always or never, it's like a deal breaker immediately that we yep. know that we're, we're speaking or thinking irrationally. And it's like, okay. That's yep. it. We're we're just we're just throwing this in the trash. We're calling it a wash. <laughs> That's it. You know. Yep. That usually goes on my nightly amends. I'm like, ah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, was there anything that, like, any advice or or something, some like trick or anything that your your sponsor did, other than just kind of working directly with you, helping you understand, you know, to keep it balanced with step eight to help you become willing or. Was it kind of a lot of prayer and what what was it like? Like, how did you become willing? It was just a lot of prayer. Yeah. And then, you know, like I said, once I was able to balance that sheet to where I wasn't carrying the whole load, yeah. it kind of became easier. That's so important. And, and, you know, I think it's funny because uh, and one of the things I love about CR is we have this giant spectrum of people where... There's some of us on one side where everything was our fault and then those of us on the other side where <laughs> nothing is our fault, right? right. <laughs> and, you know, we're all kind of somewhere in between that or, you know, kind of tiptoeing on one of those edges. But it is interesting that understanding there's there's a lot of wrong ways. There's only one right way, you right. know, going before God, asking him to, beco- uh, to help us become willing. And, you know, there's I don't know if there's too many different ways to go about becoming willing other than addressing it, like you said, for what it is, understanding the reality, not being in denial, and then just begging God for the willingness to to do what we got to do in step nine. You know, and hearing testimonies just, Mm. you know, what, for 10 years now, just, yeah. but hearing the testimonies helped me a lot too. Yeah. um, I don't know, just kind of helped me put things into perspective. Yeah. And when I first started, um, one of my friends, she, she'd been in and out of AA, and she says, you'll hear your story one time, and you'll just be like, whoa. And I was like, I will never hear my story, ever. <laughs> You're like, I doubt it. About a year in, I heard my story, and I was just like, whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I had to call her. I was like, oh, my gosh, you were right. I was wrong. Oh, I heard my story. <laughs> that's so cool. I love that. But it was awesome to just see because I was still fairly new. I think I was still in Step City when I heard my story through someone else. So it was really um, inspiring to see where she was at and where she was. And I mean, there was just so many, our stories were just so parallel. It just gave me a lot of hope. You see how other people became willing or you Mm -hmm. see that it's possible. And then you think, well, if it was possible for this person who went through so many things that were similar to me, then maybe I could too, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. That's really awesome. I, and that's just why we love testimonies. It's such a beautiful thing. And, and again, thank you for sharing yours and being on here to talk about it a little bit as well. And as we wrap up here, I would just love to, what would you share with the newcomer, the, per, the people who are just getting started or maybe who are trying to convince their spouses to come because they don't need to be here? You know, <laughs> what, what would you share with those people? Um, you know, you're, you're here because you need to be here. And- yeah. Um, it's not easy, but it's, it's so worth it. Yeah. It's just, you know, even if you just have, think you have one thing you need to work on, (laughs) (laughs) keep coming back. It's just, it's so worth it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Terry, for being on here. Would you like to shout out your your group and, and uh, for anybody in Arizona listening, uh, where could they come to another really great Celebrate Recovery meeting? 
Uh, North Phoenix Baptist, we're at Bethany Home and Central, and we meet Thursday nights at 6.30. Thursday at 6.30. Also, guys, if you're out there, you're struggling with mental health, she's a mental health champion there at, at CR. And so go and I love that whole group over there. We've, we've got a chance to have several of the, the people out there at Camelback come out here. Uh, we got, we love Linda so much. She's very special to my wife and I. And so guys go and check out Camelback over there at their Celebrate Recovery. And if you're struggling with mental health, you can go and, and get connected with them, with those resources. So Terry, thank you so much. God bless you. God bless uh, everything that you're doing over at Camelback and, and certainly uh, your willingness to be that mental health champion. And I uh, just pray that God continues to use you in a mighty way. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the CR Checkup Podcast. This podcast is meant to start conversations, not end them. So we encourage you to continue having conversations wherever you're at. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. You can also reach us by emailing recovery at palmvalley.org.